first of all, because God the Father, Papa, is portrayed as a woman, and not just a woman, a black woman. So we got, we got race issue, we got gender issue, and it's, it's caused a ruckus in a male-dominated society that sees God as a patriarch, only male. And this has ticked off the religious groups, and it should, because it needs to be shaken up because we're believing things about God in such a way uh, that is limiting our understanding of who we think God is. And I want to expand our understanding today. I want to take us beyond just God being the guy, the man, the male role model, because if that's all we know, there are a lot of people that are going to have a hard time with discovering who God is because they think he's male. Because a lot of male role models have been terrible, especially through history. Almost all the tyrants are guys. And so we have a problem throughout history. Who is this God? So I want to talk today about the mother heart of God, finding another perspective in who God is that he's not... um, First of all, he's neither gendered. You do know that, right? That alone has ticked off people because they say, yes, he is. He's, a, he's male. Afraid not, folks. The scriptures make it really clear. And uh, the imagery of who God is uh, will wake us up to a better perspective of who he is and be, make us drawn to him versus away from him. So here is a quote from the shack. I neither, uh, this is Papa (laughs) speaking, I am neither male nor female. Even though both genders are derived from my nature, if I choose to appear to you as a man or woman, it's because I love you. For me to appear to you as a woman and suggest that you call me Papa is simply to mix metaphors, to help you keep from falling so easily back into your religious conditioning. And we have been religiously conditioned to see God only as male. Uh, quick comment. Uh, can we get the ringing taken care of, Rod? Is there, is there a ringing going on? I'm hearing a slight ring. If we could... No? I, I'm hearing it. So, okay. Moving on. So let's take a look at this. Metaphors are found in Scripture, and let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Anthropomorphisms. Anthropomorphism, <laughs> Okay, these, these are two concepts we have to remember when we're reading the scriptures. These two things are being presented. God is being presented as uh, a metaphor or uh, anthropomorphism, <laughs> a perf- yeah, I said it. Uh, or a perf- personification. The example, when we talk about the hand of God, does God have a hand? No, but they use that term because humanly we can identify with that. This text, this Bible, has been written to humanity, to humans, to help us identify who God is. And same thing with using metaphors, lots of metaphors. Is God a mighty tower or is he a god? Yes, but it's a metaphor describing who he is. And so when we know these two key phrases, now we start to look through the scripture and realize Here's another metaphor for God. Here's another picture. Here's another example of how God manifests himself to us. And that's what we want to capture today. Let's begin with this. God is not a man nor a woman. This isn't a gender issue, people. 
okay? Don't make it one. Some people are pretty offended as soon as you bring in the concept of, of God possibly having woman-like attributes, and they get all ticked, and they think we're running down the track and saying God is a woman. God's not a woman. God's not a man. He is spirit. God is spirit. Take a look at this from John 4, 23. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart, for God is a spirit. And he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit in truth. Now this idea, this word spirit, can mean, or God is breath, which is another word for spirit. God is wind. Jesus prefers, refers to spirit more than 100 times in the four Gospels. Even in the Hebrew language, Yahweh, uh, the, some people have read def, um, what does Yahweh mean, and they try to associate uh, gender to them, but they're using the word masculine and feminine. When we write, in, if you know German, at least I'm using German for an example because I don't remember any of my schooling, but I do remember there was a lot of uh, terms. Is this masculine or is this feminine? And anytime you do language and translation, you have to define, is it feminine or masculine? It doesn't refer to gender. Okay? It's, it's speaking of the tone. Okay? It's not speaking of a specific sex, just, just so you know. Um, but here in the Old Testament, the word Yahweh, literally, when it says, I am that I am, which gender is that? Neither. Gender, gender neutral. I think when it's used in a verb form or however it's described, you, there are references that can be seen as a, a masculine, but uh, there's another word coming up later called El Shaddai that seems to have a far more feminine uh, attribute to it, and that's the tone of El Shaddai. We'll get to that later because I want you to see it yourself. But here, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is God is spirit. And why do I bring this up on Mother's Day? Because I want to show you that women and mothers have the DNA of God. You are directly connected to God as one with God. You're not God, but you're one with God. Some of you think you're God. <laughs> Just kidding. But the idea that God is spirit and you're joined by your spirit with the spirit of God gives us a oneness. That includes all the guys, okay? This is where the equality comes in. At the very end, if we have time, I'll, I'll deal with that verse in Galatians that we're neither Greek nor slave nor free nor male nor female. We're one. All right? That's the key today. All right. Let's dig in. Men and women were created in God's image. Who is God? We've talked about God being a trinity. Let's take a look at what Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says. And this you'll need to have as a reference because this shows you you have been created in God's image. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Is that singular or plural? Yeah, it's plural. Us. How many does it take to be at least us? It takes two, baby. Yeah, at least two. So here we have three. Father, Son, Spirit. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, here it is, verse 27. 
God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. It's both. There is both genders represented. And if we choose one at the exclusion of the other, we do not have a complete picture of who God is. Both are needed, male and female. Together, we have a great representation. When one takes dominance, we have a problem. I'm just saying, if you're going to talk about the image of God, this is right from the very, very beginning. Let's take a look at uh, some images of God. I want to show you some images of God described as certain things. And right now, the first one is going to be, God is described as a mother. So for all of you who think God is just male, guess what? There is a feminine side to God for sure. After all, we have all been created in His image, and both are incorporated in Him. Hosea 11.34 says, I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along the hand. Uh, but he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped to feed him. Whose role is this primarily? What's, what's the stooping down, carrying, taking care, and feeding, and holding hands? A mother. This is an image of a mom. Yes, dads do it, but today's Mother's Day. So this is, this is a clear, easy reference. And by the time we're done, you're going to see enough references here that will encourage you. God described as a mother bear. <laughs> okay, how many mama bears do we know? Okay, there's some. Yeah, yeah see, I know there's some here. They can, that's really real. It's biblical, just so you know. Hebrew, or Hosea 13.8, like a bear whose cubs have been taken away, I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. How exciting is that imagery? Yes, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Be careful not to tick off Mama Bear. That's what that is. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 11, talks about God, describes God as an eagle. Like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young, so she spreads, so he spreads his wings to take them up and carry them safely on his pinions. Both. Did you see the both? That rouses her chicks, and then he is put into that as well. It's both. There's an imagery here, all right? In the same way that we are starting to see God as male and female here, that's not a gender issue, but the value of both gifts, masculine and feminine, we need both to nurture humanity, to nurture children. It's both. Both have value. So if there's some guys that have certain tendencies that you would judge in our Western culture as far more feminine, lighten up. That's God's design. This is God's way of leading, guiding, and loving other people through that character. There are other guys that are far more masculine. There are far more women that there are more women that are more feminine and others that are more masculine. It's not about the how much on the scale are you. Who made that scale up? That's stupid. Let's just take a look at who our author is. Who's the one who designed us and created us? God did. Let's enjoy who we are and how we've been created. Next one. God is a mother hen. Not that they cluck all the time, but this is the, the idea of a mother hen. Matthew 23, 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often 
have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. This is the tenderness of your protecting Heavenly Father, like a hen kind of protecting it. I tell you, there's, there's a tenderness image here that we have forgotten about our Heavenly Father, and it's tenderness. Luke 13, 34. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Next one. A description of God as one who gives birth. That's pretty feminine, right? In our culture, we get that, right? right. Deuteronomy 32, 18. You neglect the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. This is describing God as our creator. He is our universal creator. He is the one who's created you and me. So if I start mocking you for something about you, I'm mocking my daddy's creation, my heavenly father's creation, the Trinity's creation. Be careful who you mock. We're called to actually love everybody. Do you remember in 2 Peter 1, it says you'll grow to have all these things, and then you'll grow to have love for other Christians. Oh, isn't that nice? You get to love Christians. Ooh, it's so easy. Not really. But it continues. The next verse literally says, and then you'll grow to have an authentic love for everyone. You want to talk about the mark of true maturity. If you want to claim to have been growing up now, I'm growing up in Christ. If you love everybody, that to me is the greatest picture of having matured. Let's keep going. God is a comforting mother. In Isaiah 66, verses 12 to 13, it says, I'll pour robust well-being into her like a river, the glory of nations like a river in flood. You're, you'll nurse her at, at her breasts, nestle, her, nestle in her bosom, and be bounced on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I'll comfort you. You will be comforted in Jerusalem. There is a tender comfort here that can only be best seen as a mother comforting. There's just something different. I know growing up when my kids did a fall and scrape their knee or something, I might have been standing there right past me to mom. Like, what's wrong with me? Well, she's a lot better at comforting. It just happens to be, you know. Just kind of funny how that works. God compared to a nursing mother in Isaiah 49, 15. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would never I would not have forgotten you. This is, this is the tenderness. By the way, this verse has been misused big time because it's, it's implying, hey, can a mother forget her nursing child? People have misread that and said, um, um, there's no way a mother can. So how come moms are abandoning their, their girls or their kids? How come? Because this, this is not true then. It's a question, not a statement. And then it says, and even if that were possible, I won't forget you. You've got a serious love connection with God. He promised to never abandon us or leave us. That is a forever promise, especially if you're ever feeling insecure. God is a woman in labor. 
Isaiah 42, 14 says, And he will say, I have long been silent. Yes, I have restrained myself. But now, like a woman in labor, I will cry and groan and pant. I'm not going to do a demonstration for you. But I tell you, it's pretty intense. All right? This is, this is how much God is eagerly wanting you to know him and believe his love towards you. He set on it. And this is written back in Isaiah, but it's pointing to Christ coming. Christ coming to go through this agony for his creation that he dies for, takes into himself. We all die. We raise with Christ into newness of life as new creations. Now believe it or it's no good to you. El Shaddai, the idea of blessing. This is a Hebrew, defin- or Hebrew word for God, El Shaddai. So if you want to think there's no um, Jewish heritage in a feminine picture of who God is, the word El Shaddai is just that. You might also find it interesting that one of the interpretations of the name of God, El Shaddai, apparently is one of the breasts or the many-breasted. It's, it's referring to mountains as well. Uh, one reference says, in several instances in the Torah, the name is connected with fruitfulness. May God Almighty, El Shaddai, bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Be fruitful and increase in number. By the Almighty, El Shaddai, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts, uh, and of the womb. Rachem. That was a good one. The idea here, like, are you, are you catching the case I'm building for there being room for a feminine picture of who God is. Are you seeing it? I'm not saying God is just a woman or just a man. I've declared the beginning he is spirit. But there's room to welcome perspectives. Especially if you've had a horrific father image in your life. Uh, this, is, this is a beautiful way. Okay, the, where I'm not getting that comfort, there's another part of God, the feminine side, that is going to be make up for my comfort that I've not received from my father. And vice versa, if you've had a crappy mom, and there are people who have, you know, the same way. When we see, we already see pictures of a loving God doing that, the father. The, the, this is trying to reach all people. This is trying to share a picture of God to all and all paths that are being walked on and have been walked on. It's wider and bigger than we think. God is a mother. Here's another one. Psalm 131.2. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child with no, who no longer cries for its mother's milk. But they just cry anyway. <clears throat> yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. This is, this is a, a, a tender image of closeness, intentional closeness. When a child is born, there is a, uh, a bond that happens between mother and child, and it's, it's uh, encouraged as long as possible to make that emotional connection. It, this is real. And, and I think when you come to a revelation of God's love for you, there'll be a, a new bond that you're going to experience, and you're going to suddenly see the love of God in places you could never have seen before, even though they've always been there. You're waking up to the reality. I, I, I've been looking at this the whole time. I never saw that before. Oh, my goodness, that was God? This is incredible. And your love for him will continue to grow, and you bond and bond and bond even more. This is the God who created you. This is how he wired you to receive love. God is compared to a woman. 
Psalm 123, verses 2 to 3. Look to you, heaven-dwelling God. Look uh, Look up to you for help, like servants alert to their master's commands, like a maiden attending her lady. We're watching and waiting, holding our breath, awaiting your word of mercy. Both images, male, female, if you've never seen it before. God is a woman looking for her lost coin. Luke 15, most of us know this story, but this is a personification of God being this woman who's lost the coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. You and I are that coin. I grew up believing it was something to do with somebody who doesn't believe or uh, uh, crazy ideas of that. This particular parable, you are the coin of value. You're the coin. And by the way, that coin never lost its value. It was lost. Was it still valuable? Had it still maintained the same value? Oh, wait, one more thing. It still had the same owner. Yeah, think about that. So who created humanity? Who created humanity? And every single individual, it was God. So we are all God's children. As Paul says in Acts, he declares this on the Mars Hill. When he says, I'm speaking to this unknown God of yours, and he makes quotes, you know, even as your prophets and, God, and uh, say and writers have written, we are all God's children. There is something profound here that's going on. Once you know the source and the author and the creator, and you realize you are from that same source, judgmentalism begins to fizzle away, love begins to grow, and we begin to trust this God we say we believe in. Second Corinthians 1, 3-4. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of mercy and the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. How many here have gone through great difficult times and somebody else has come alongside and been an unexpected blessing, an unexpected support? Says, Whoa, I didn't see it coming, but man, I sure needed that help. I didn't know I needed it. How many have been a recipient of that kind of help? It models for you how then to help somebody else in a similar situation. You may not have known how to help. How many times have we heard of people in trouble, I just don't know how to help them. Uh, But people who've gone through the same thing do know. And we're continually learning and growing and maturing to become the people we have been designed to be. Lovers of all. Galatians 3.28. Paul is leveling the playing field. The Jewish culture... That whole world system was based on male domination. I think that's why Jesus came as a man, too. I think. Because 
if he had come as a woman, they would never have taken him serious. He had no way whatsoever to have any kind of input or be respected because it had been such a beaten down culture that he was the one who came as the first women's liberator. Remember the whole series we just finished doing where it was Jesus who spoke to the women, raising them up, back up to equality. Well, the religious leaders would have nothing to do with it. Paul is reminding us it's not about your gender. We are all equal. We no longer see each other in our former state, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through our union with Jesus Christ, with no distinction between us. You and I are equal. No one here is better than the other. Yeah, but I got more gifts, spiritual gifts in this area than they do. <laughs> oh, really? You're going to go down that road? First of all, that's really immature. Good on you for a seven-year-old. All right? Instead, we see each other as God has created us. We've all been forgiven by the same blood of Christ. We've all been given the same life. There is only one life, right? One spirit, one life. And you're connected to it. You are in union with it. Paul declares that right here. It's done through our union with Jesus Christ. We are the same. So careful when we do our fighting. When we do our trying to be more right than the other. Because one of our parents is going to have to step in and humble us. <laughs> the feminine heart of God or the masculine heart of God? They're going to discipline us. Help shape us to be who we've been called to be. This is good news today. This is the good news of grace. This is a Mother's Day message of hope in a world that doesn't value it the same. Now I see things changing more and more, and it's in a positive direction finally. So let's embrace that. Let's, let's be careful how we only see God from a male perspective if, if you haven't already moved on and, and become uh, more balanced in your thinking. I hope the, uh, if, again, if you have not seen the movie The Shack, I encourage you to watch it. You'll, you'll probably cry some tears. It's very powerful. And if you're a reader, read the book. It's far better. I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, but if you're not into reading much, the movie's fantastic. Be encouraged today. Let's pray.